0: Hey, everyone, you are about to listen to a really fun episode of the Roll for Crit podcast. Stephen Bonacore is an awesome guest. We have a ton of fun discussions, joy-filled episode. But before all that, I just wanted to add this little intro here to acknowledge something very tragic that happened in the past week that involves board game industry and uh, board game designers. Sean Varsos, who was an employee at Van Ryder Games, publisher of games like Hostage Negotiator and Detective City of Angels that we really love, he took the lives of two people, Marie Varsos and Debra Sisko, uh, and then took his own life. And it's a really upsetting incident, and I, I'm not going to go into more detail than that. You can find a Van Ryder Games statement and uh, more information if you want to look it up. But we just wanted to... Acknowledge upfront that this was a terrible thing that happened and we're really feeling sorrowful for the families involved and everyone at Van Ryder Games, who's also associated and going through a lot to deal with this right now, and encourage you listening if you ever have any kind of struggle with mental health or depression or violent people in your life and you need to talk to somebody to find somebody that you can talk to about that. And hopefully you can get past that if we all kind of work together and look out for each other. That being said, now you can enjoy episode number two of the Roll for Crit podcast. Welcome to the Roll for Crit podcast. This is episode number two of our official brand new Roll for Crit podcast, where we talk about board games, news, Kickstarter highlights, things we've been playing, all kinds of fun stuff. Thank you for joining us once again. I'm Jonathan, and of course, with me
1: is... Will, of course, as you said. And without further ado, should we go to the die roll, or...?
0: Yeah, we're going to we're gonna roll All that right. die. We're rolling a D20. We're going to see how the show is going to go this week.
1: Good okay, that actually fell off the table, so let's give it another go. <laughs> oh, no, this is not a good... This is not a good start. All right. Um, well, appropriately for falling off the table and rolling again, it was a three. Okay, so last week got, we got a six, so we are going downward. However, I'm pretty sure our guest just adds a plus at least fifteen to die rolls because yeah. his charisma is off the charts. Oh. I think oh.
0: that, I think
1: you're right. <laughs> well,
0: now you got to say that for every guest we ever have, otherwise they're going to feel <laughs> left out. Uh, but yes, as you alluded to, joining our party today is uh, formerly of uh indie of indie game studio slash stronghold games currently the podfather of gaming Stephen Bonacore, welcome to the show hey guys
2: how are you thank you so much for having me this is great great
0: yes we're so excited it's uh, you know we, we figured we need to cross you off the list early
1: because <laughs> yeah you are the podfather <laughs>
2: That's right. I have to be on everyone's podcasts and live streams and YouTube channels, everything. So you've got me early. I love the idea. I'm excited to talk about things that I love. I see you got news in the show. I love it. Got a little Kickstarter. This is going to be fun. I can't wait.
0: Yes, I know you are. You are no stranger to podcasts and board game news uh, as co-host of Board Games Insider. Uh, so there's, I'm, I'm very excited. Of course, we've talked to you before, we've like interviewed you and stuff. But this is this will be a, a fun chance for us to actually, an extended format, just kind of chat about games. And I'm excited to hear your take on it.
2: I'm excited as well. Thanks again.
0: All right, so that means it's time for our first segment. Get ready for these bumpers. You're, you're going <laughs> to like them. Our first segment, the news roundup. <laughs> news <laughs> roundup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, wow. listeners, feel wow. free to send in your yeah. own. If you've got your, if you've got your own take on the bumpers, feel free some submit I, them to I, us.
2: I, I vote. I, I put thumbs down on the bumpers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we see. So you, you got to beat that to make Stephen happy. That's <laughs> priority. We'll see. There's more. You know. There's more. You, you may like the other ones as uh, well, they sure. All right. <laughs> so. Big news from the past week. Now, it's it was a little bit, we launched our last episode a little early. Normally, these are coming out on Wednesdays. So there's been kind of a, maybe a bit of an awkward gap between uh, stories in the past week. Because tomorrow uh, is the, or the, actually the day this is launching will be the last day you can vote in this thing we're going to talk about. But over the past week, the Golden Geek Award nominations have been open on BoardGameGeek.com. And this is their awards for the year of board games of all different categories where Board Game Geek users can go and vote for who they believe should be the best game in a variety of categories. Uh, You know, best artwork, best two-player game, best overall, even stuff like best podcast. We weren't on the list yet, by the way. We'll save that for next year. (laughs) Um, There were some changes this year that they point out. Uh, in part, thanks to uh, some suggestions from uh, Elizabeth Hargrave, designer of Wingspan. Whereas before they used to have just one game of the year. Now they have three categories. They have a uh, light, medium and heavy. Uh, and also there's no party game category this year. I don't know if everybody's aware there are some things going on that have made parties difficult <laughs> lately. <laughs> uh, they ha- now have the best zoomable game is a category uh steven i do do you vote in the have you voted in the golden geek awards before is it something that you keep up with and what do you think about the nominees and the available options this year the
2: the first thing to mention here is that board games insider my podcast is you know (laughs) a potential to be uh, nominated so Mm. if anybody hears this and they want to um you know click to nominate and then vote for board games insider uh ignasi is very upset that last year because we've been nominated a number of times, um, but it's hard to win because you've got even you know really big ones out there. Ignacy's very mm-hmm. upset that we weren't even nominated last year, so he he's actually been campaigning for this. So <laughs> anybody out there wants to nominate Board Games Insider, please consider doing so. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, well, you that. have our support. Thank you very much. Right? <laughs> Until well, next year. Yes, <laughs> that's guys- what they
1: need. To, that's why they got to win this year,
2: right? Because right. once Get you us- win, you're good. That, that's right. Get us out of the way. Absolutely. Um, I have voted in the past. I haven't. I got to say, I haven't voted every year, um, but I do. I certainly have voted. Um, I'm. I always feel like you know. If I vote, I really should have played a lot of the games, and I don't. I just there's mm-hmm. so many. It's so hard to do that these days. Uh, once I'm, once the nominations are in and once the games are out there, I will go out and I will look at them. And if I've played any of them and, and truly think that they're worthy, then I will I will vote on it. I think the Golden Geek Awards are one of the better of the awards. I mean, in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously uh, the Spiel des Jahres Award is the award you need to win. You know, to to really get economic benefit as a publisher from it, or as a designer, et cetera. Um, yeah, many of the other awards really don't do much. Um, the Dice Tower Awards, a little, but I think the Golden Geek Awards is almost like the, you know the fan awards because, obviously, everybody's you know who's a geek on the knows board game geek, and if you can win this award or even be nominated, it's kind of a cool thing. Yeah,
0: we we talk a lot when we're talking about our awards about like what is the is there kind of an Oscars of board games or what might that look like? And I do think next to Spiel des Jahres, this golden geeks probably are the next big, like highest profile uh, that's out there. Uh, And I, and I know a lot of people too sometimes talk about how maybe they don't like the geek awards because they are so fan oriented. They kind of are more driven by hardcore gamers. So maybe there's a little skewed in some way.
1: That is always just in general, not even with awards, but you know, when you go on something like Ron tomato and you can look at like the critics ratings versus the, the audience ratings and stuff. Right. And plenty of times, you know, there is discrepancies. So I think it is good though, that there is like, as you said, the spiel, which is much more like a specific judges looking at it at the same time, but this is the audience. And that way you can still see it and like, what's the general trend. And yes, there is going to be, because the people who are more likely to visit Board Game Geek and visit the site are going to probably lean a certain way in terms of the kinds of games they play. And, of course, depending on the year, if it's a little hard to get together, those party games are probably at a disadvantage. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Zoom- oh, oh, I just knocked something over. Don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Zoomable game category is definitely a valid category for this year. Is, is, that, is Zoom now
1: like Google? Like it's right. you, yes. any kind of, <laughs> yes, that's the it's, word.
2: It's become its own uh, uh, verb, right? You know, can you zoom that? Yeah.
1: It is crazy
0: how quickly that I went from having never heard of zoom to in a week, I could never stop hearing about zoom. It's really took over very quickly. Have yeah. you
1: ever um, seen the YouTube video sketches it's college humor where they have bosses from different companies? Um, I don't think so. No. Mm, no, pretty much. They have a boss and they're mocking like, uh, what what the company's doing. They had Skype on there. They made up one with Skype like, we already existed! You all left us! <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what happened. But I think overall, yeah, I, I, I like seeing what the golden geeks um, are every year and wh- how they shake out. It's interesting just to see what the community is playing, which which games are popping up. I've, I, I agree with you, Steven, it's hard sometimes to... It's like, oh, I didn't play like eight of these 10 games can i really say this one was the best one and usually i'll go yeah i can't
1: I'll, I'll just say mm-hmm. it yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it does depend like sometimes you can play a game and be like all right maybe i haven't played like those two games but i really loved this game so sure. it does deserve the vote sure and of course then looking at two you're like oh i didn't play those two games put them on the list you know that's another great yeah, way sometimes sure. just to find out what are your next targets mm-hmm Yeah,
0: so uh, we will find out uh, pretty soon what the actual uh, winners are. Maybe we'll probably be discussing them on next week's podcast, and we'll see what we think about all that. Okay, now now speaking of uh, along the same lines of reviews and uh, critical reception of things, and even, Will, you brought up Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought this was really interesting. So there's a website called Board Game Atlas that just posts... Uh, board game news, and they also have they'll highlight good deals on games on various websites. General board game discussion, and they announce that they are have a new project they're working on that is essentially their version of Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes for board games. That's launching May fifteenth, and the idea is so if you're not familiar with those sites. Uh, they will have various critics that will be part of this group that are going to be submitted and they'll approve them. And they will have some kind of an overall, like you liked it or you didn't like it. And that is going to go through to an overall score, a ranking of all the critics' thoughts for every individual game that is included on, on the site. Um, and it's something that you know we don't have for board games. Rotten Tomatoes, obviously... Revolutionized that Metacritic has it for video games as well, uh, but I know that there's some you know some people don't like the Rotten Tomatoes style because sometimes you lose some nuance maybe with that with when you just look at it as a straight good or bad. Of course, there will be links to the reviewers' full thoughts on the games as well included on this website. Uh, wh- what do you think, Stephen, about this as a as a as an idea for board games? Do you think this is something that we need as a
2: board game community? I think we now I, I I know about this and we talked about this on um, board game breakfast. I co-host that Mm. with uh, Z Garcia and Tom Vassell every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern. (laughs) How Uh, many podcasts do you have? Plug, plug, plug. plug. (laughs) Uh, Well, we'll talk about the end during all the big plugs, but we we talk about this one. And and like, I'm, I am specifically personally never going to be a reviewer as a, As a publisher in the past, as a publisher, you can never say anything negative about anybody's games. It's just not appropriate to do so. And even, you know, anybody in the industry should never do that. But even now, to me, I just, you know, while I'll check out a review at a high level, I I, I think reviews generally can be so overly negative. If anything, if I ever was going to review games or even like think about like, Whenever I talk about games, I talk about only the positive aspects. Th- throughout all of COVID, to me, keeping positive not only helped me, but I think was just a great thing for the people that I was with. We stayed positive. You try to like keep, keep everybody's spirits up and things like that. That's a long way of saying I don't personally think this is something that's needed, but there are people who really want that critical review of everything they do by this and that. So do we need it? Maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't personally uh, need somebody to consolidate reviews and then to say that these X number of people are now the people that were going to give it the official vote and then there's going to be the community vote. I kind of get that on Board Game Geek anyway when I want to take a look at a game and just read about it and then you'll see, oh, okay, they people have rated this a 6.5. Oh, it's probably not that solid of a game. Oh, this one's a 9. All right, I maybe you know this is one's something that's very solid. Mm-hmm. One thing
0: I will say about the board game geek rating—that's true—they they kind of have a version of that that maybe puts something in this idea's favor—is that you know what is a even though they have these guidelines on board game geek, a seven point five to me might mean something different than yeah, someone else's. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's just a simple look, it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down. That's it's not again not not as nuanced there's not a lot of room to explore between those two areas but maybe it's more universal Um, I don't know well we we will and I are we have reviewed games and we do continue to do so mm-hmm. on our YouTube channel go there's our plug go check that out Um <laughs> sure. so I mean I mean will what do you as a what do you I know I think you use Rotten Tomatoes quite a bit we both do
1: I I guess I use it more for like oh like, uh, I'm just curious to see, but like, it rarely is the, it's almost just like, it's entertain. It's like, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. It's like looking at your, your horoscope. <laughs> it will not actually weigh my decision when it comes <laughs> to the community a little bit more. Cause I just think you're getting a large aggregate, but then of course you're going to get people who review bomb and stuff for critics. Like you could see the number, but I think what's more important in like for something like Borg and geek, it's sort of pretty easy to do. You just go down to the review video or. The review forum tab because like i know how for example how will thinks about these games and i mm-hmm. think instead of getting a five or six which can completely change you're like okay i know he pref- if this person if he prefers more of the deck building and cooperative nature or something then if he likes it then if i like that then i will too if i don't like how he likes games then i can like i feel looking at the critics it really the number isn't as important as much as the words
0: Absolutely, yeah. And I th- I think it's I think the important thing with these is just like I think they are good tools to have as long as you understand their limitations and like use them to inform your opinion rather than just going, oh, it has a twenty. This means X. So that's right.
1: Like- the real thing is you need to do more. I uh, forget. There's a term for this other thing about lateral research. I think is it pretty much sounds good. You don't just you got to look at where the uh, other sources are. You got to look at what other people say on it and stuff. And that way you can get a better uh, informed decision on it. If you are worried about whether I want to buy this game or not, if it's going to be taking out too much space, because I already have so many games.
0: Right. And
1: by, if with critics putting out videos over and over, regardless, you can get their taste. And that's a lot more important than them saying a five, I guess it's more of their tone, their excitement or, yeah. um, what what things they did or didn't like in in the game.
0: Yeah, I think I'm most excited about this just as a form of like an, another thing saying, hey, board games are just as important as other mediums. You know, like every like I said, movies has it and video games has it. It's like, well, board games can have that kind of site too. And it'll, it can also be helpful for us. I kind of like it on that level. I thought about also, you know, submitting us to be approved as critics on the site, but it's kind of hard for us because we both review games together and if we have two different opinions. I don't, how do we decide which one
1: <laughs> we tell them our opinion is? I
0: don't know if it really works
1: for us. By all means, I think you should take charge on this one. <laughs> <laughs> we just default to what I thought about the game. <laughs> well, because you also have to write a blurb and you're better at actually writing out the stuff. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I do want to say though, earlier on the topic uh, we, you brought up, uh, Steven, that there is, a really interesting thing when it comes to how we view reviews, if they're positive or negative, and on Shelf Stories they did this great video. This is another call who hopefully will be joined by soon. But yeah, talking about how some people won't consider something informative if it's positive. Like you have to be negative because that gets more clicks and likes because that's more serious. And it's definitely something very interesting and maybe not, now's not the time to have that conversation but that's another thing to uh, uh keep an eye out with reviews like just because sure. someone didn't hate it doesn't mean it's it, it's a terrible review or if someone fully loved it doesn't mean it's fake or something mm-hmm. yeah well
0: as we know if you if if someone didn't like a game that you liked they're being too harsh and if they did <laughs> like a game you liked they were probably paid to say they liked it right that's <laughs> those are the two <laughs> outcomes uh all right so that's a uh, board game atlas new site we'll see we'll see may 15th so a little less than a month away it'll be interesting to see how, how it progresses uh now some new board game news uh, we are going to talk about a game that matt leacock is working on who of course most famous for his design of pandemic and he is working with italian designer matteo Menapace. i'm gonna say I hope that I'm saying that in a way that's correct, um, on a new game called Daybreak. And this game is about climate change. So uh, players are going to take on the roles of various powers in the world, like you can be the United States, China, or Europe, for example. And you are trying to uh, mitigate and adapt to the uh, oncoming changes and the struggles that come, the challenges that come, with real world Climate change—it's a cooperative game, so like Pandemic, uh, you're kind of going to be, you know, trying to stop the spread of things. It's—it's uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, there hasn't been a, like a full breakdown. I'm not sure exactly how far along the game is. It looks like they're still kind of in prototype form, but there's an interview uh, with Matt Leacock over at Polygon, and there's some interesting uh, some shots of the game and some some of their ideas about what it means to make a game about climate change i think it's really interesting because pandemic it isn't really wasn't designed i don't think as like a political game in any sense but in the past year it's sort of taken on a new tone thinking about that game is very different i think to most of us now and this is him coming out with directly like we we really want to actively make people think about what this might mean for for our world, I know you have thoughts on this, Stephen, and I'm sure you are a, a fan of Pandemic and uh, Matt's, Matt Leacock's other designs. What, what do you think about this daybreak
2: game? I I certainly am. I think Leacock's a genius. Uh, Pandemic is uh, is an institution in oh, yeah. the gaming industry. It's it's that important and that great of a design, and it has been built on with Pandemic legacy. Season one, season two, season zero, phenomenal. I mean, it's just it's just great, and and, and he's a wonderful guy too. I know him. Um, the The f- interesting thing that you, you that you just touched on is like politics, and I never talk about politics, but but the one part of that that I want to I want to address is that try not to think of it as politics. What it is, what I mean, what what he's doing here is he's taking a Subject that is absolutely part of the public discourse, discussion, public discussion. And he's using that as a theme. All the world powers are doing things to now mitigate climate change. You all win or you all lose together. There's nothing wrong with that. And like at Stronghold Games, we did a game called CO2, which was exactly about the same, exactly the same topic. Uh, in that game um there was two versions of it the first one was competitive the second one was was cooperative with a competitive um, uh, variant but you 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 had to change over from polluting styles of energy generation to green energy generation and if co2 got to a certain level in, in in the in matt's game here it's temperature gets too high if co2 got to a certain level you all lose and if it doesn't you'll you know one either one person win or all all win in the cooperative version. Mm. It's topical. It's something we talk about. Whether you exactly believe in it or not is not the important thing. And I'm saying that really specifically because just think about all the other games you play. Do you believe in elves and orcs and trolls? Absolutely. And- <laughs> I've if got like believe- three
1: in my backyard right yeah, now. You got some
2: <laughs> trolls in your back. So so it's and I'm sorry, I can be a little harsh as the Podfather now. I could I can speak a little more openly. <laughs> Let it out. You know, as as the president of Stronghold Games, I couldn't. I had to be a little more politically correct. It's it's foolish for you to for you to say, this game, it's all BS, I'm never gonna play it. It's not about reality. Well, all these other damn games you play are not about reality either. It's a topic and it's a game. So enjoy it for that experience. You don't have to like say like, well, if we do these things, it's not going to lower it. Da, da, da. Just enjoy it for the experience that it is. Um, so that's the, you should divorce yourself from a political portion of it. The other portion, and you can hold that. I just want to finish this whole thought is that oh, yes. when I found out about this, I found out about this because the New York Times. Yes, the New York Times had an article about Matt Leacock. Entitled, and this is on March 25th. So this is a month ago, approximately. It said, His game made beating a pandemic fun. Can he do it for climate change? So Matt Leacock is now the uh, spokesperson for gaming of in crisis or <laughs> something <laughs> like that. It's kind of, it was kind of, but you know, think about that. The New York Times, maybe the largest institution yeah. mm-hmm. in news reporting, reported on our hobby. And they use this. And I thought that was just so great and so cool. Congratulations to Matt Leacock for continuing to get us out there so that the rest of the world knows what we're doing.
1: It really is like – because of some of the po- news podcasts I listen to every now and then, like a video game or board game will come out. But they only say like just a little bit. And I, Every time you hear it, you're just like, but I know so much more you could talk about with that. You could do a whole hour on that. Please go on. But. Yeah. You know, that is like not just the awards John was talking about before, but seeing brought up as New York Times and things like that is helpful. And luckily, in this case, it's in a, at least I believe, a very positive thing. It's a new game from yep. a great designer. The how could it go wrong kind of thing? Now, mm-hmm. I, I am curious on your your both your thoughts on this, because I think this is, is, is tied to the theme. Do you think it should be fully cooperative? Just you don't think anything else. Or should it be something like uh, first thing come to mind like legendary? Like you all can lose, but if there's a win, someone wins more than others. I think that's a, that's like, simply
2: that's simply a design decision on the way Matt wants to go. I mean, um, it's always kind of cool to have that in there, but that's actually a a, a corner case to cooperative games. Mm-hmm. If you think about, it. not that many co It's, it's just it's just a and win. Of course, expansions and stuff can easily add that in later. Shoot. Absolutely. Very, the vast majority, and I would say ninety percent of cooperative games, you all win, or you all lose. If if Matt can get so smart as to do that, and he probably could, that would be cool to have. But I don't think it's a necessity.
1: Right. No, I was just curious because with the theme itself Mm -hmm. of putting in resources to tackle this, you know, that every country is going to be. Deciding how much they want to put in, which could be another interesting twist. Sort of trying to convince everyone to help out. Right. But I'm very excited with this as well. I'm terrified if he decides to make a legacy version. (laughs) 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 Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Scary. Very scary stuff. Yeah. I'm definitely very eager to try this one out. I have no doubt it's going to be successful, and I, I I'm glad you got. Fired up about it, steven I agree with everything that you said, mm-hmm. and I'll also also amend my statement a little bit. You know, I refer to it as political, but it's definitely more. It has become political because people have made it political. But I do think the subject matter is really, you know, it's just it is what we have to deface in reality, as opposed to you know a a, a bill that's being passed. Although of course those things are all involved in the discussion. So yeah, it's always it's always cool when you know games are trying to be fun, first and foremost, as he says in this interview, but also have something to say, too.
1: I Yeah, and they are not mutually exclusive. I think if you actually look into it and have an actual good designer in your game, those two can come together very well. Absolutely.
0: Now, the last news story I want to touch on here is something called Seven Wonders Mystery. So Seven Wonders is... I'll say probably the most popular, well known drafting game that is out there. Certainly, it's in the top two. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, it is uh, the, so Repos Production posted on Twitter uh, recently a little teaser video advertising something called Seven Wonders Mystery. And the video just shows some people playing Seven Wonders. They get sucked into some kind of a vortex and travel through time. And we don't really know uh, what's going on here. At least I don't. Uh, there's a lot we could speculate on here. I don't know. Steven, maybe you have some insider info. Maybe you've heard some buzz.
2: No, I don't. In fact, you're. this is the first time I've heard about this. Um, um, I don't. I haven't heard about this at all. I've, when did this actually drop? This news, April fourteenth. So okay, six days ago. Interesting that um, nobody else picked up on that. I saw. So is it? I'm actually going to send this over to Tom now that you <laughs> so can beat Tom to the technically
1: place. eight days ago, right? Because on Instagram they posted. Uh, they've been posting a lot of images, mm. which one does include. It l- looks like miniatures of the Ooh. wonders. So I mean, yeah, what do we think the, when I hear the word mystery, I'm
0: thinking of like an escape room or something, but you know, it's very something very different from what seven wonders is. What what do we think this is going to be?
1: Any any thoughts, any guesses? <laughs> that's, well, that's initially from the trailer, I thought it was going to be like a cooperative almost story mode, like almost point and click, like time travel kind of thing going on. But the images, like I said, that I can look up on Instagram, I almost I almost don't think it's actually a game. I think they're actually selling, like, models and stuff. Really? Like, yeah, I think it might be, uh, like, just, the like, either shirts or these miniatures of it. That's what they look like. Why like, mystery? These look like, Why would it be
0: called mystery? That <laughs> I don't
1: know. But, like, <laughs> if you look at the Instagram image, and I should have copied this link and shared it, but it shows like these really nice models that look like they're on actual like black bases that have the seven wonders mysteries on them and stuff. Like hmm. they don't look like game pieces to me. Those look like something you have on your shelf. Interesting.
2: <sighs> so look, seven. Wonders is a great game, a great game. Um, and again, it's set a lot of like mechanics in motion and the way it did certain things. You're, you kind of like do things to the right and the left, uh, um, and you're building your own thing, and you're taking resources from people next to you. Um, but really, thematically, I don't almost feel like I'm building a civilization. Right, right. It's just—it's just—it's—it's like, it's most most more of a card game, right? It's more of a card game. So, I—I I just don't know where they're going to go with this. I mean, putting miniatures into it is kind of strange. I. I'm looking forward to finding out what the mystery is here because I can't figure it out in the slightest. We should all take a bet. Let's make a bet.
1: First. All right, all right. Um, I'll
2: I'll gonna go say it's, I'm going to say it's on, a legacy. Before we make, before okay, we right, make no. the
1: bet, okay. I will. I have the uh, the Instagram uh, post here. Okay. So I'll share that. So I'll put in our little notes here right beneath the story so you guys can take a look. Okay. Therefore, right. I don't have more information. Okay.
2: All right. Uh hmm. All
0: right, so we are looking. As you say, it looks like fancy models.
2: If those really are, no, they're not putting. They're not putting those things out.
1: No way. They're (laughs) too big. That's the thing. They're either if they're putting out, those are not game pieces. Those look like, you know, like when you buy the Lego sets to put on a shelf, like of really nice buildings, and those are very pricey. Or those are. I just didn't notice. They still look like three D renderings. Maybe this is something digital. Well, so you know what? I'm going to go with that.
0: Now I'm looking at. And this is how great we are at research on this podcast. I'm looking at their their caption on this photo, and they're saying from April 26, which is when the tweet announced that it was uh, the adventure was quote unquote beginning. They're running some kind of a contest. Yep to so so is this all just a contest and there is a actually a new announcement i feel like there's got to be something involved in this like even if there's like mainly
1: a contest it ends with an announcement of a new game or something oh these statues are just rewards for the week so they're probably not actually part of it it's just a seven people are going to have these really nice statues
0: yeah so i yeah i didn't i didn't know there was more about beyond this this tweet, but it's still very. I still feel like it's shrouded in mystery. So you know what, your legacy game bet might maybe is still valid.
2: <laughs> I'm uh, I'm gonna change. It. I'm gonna go with it's gonna be like a, a, an exit game, like uh, right that kind of. That's no, it's not legacy. I'm gonna you know what I'm saying you have to literally that to could figure be a out cool, a puzzle. That's what I'm gonna go with.
1: If each, like each one's based on a wonder. That could be interesting. Yeah. That's, mm.
2: that's
0: kind of what
1: I was thinking. So I'll just, I'll piggyback on your, on your uh, I'll, I'll be different. I'm going to go with something digital, like a fu- something new. Mm. That's fully digital. All right. Well, I can't mm. wait to check all back right. in a week and find out how completely wrong.
0: <laughs> it's just, just nothing. <laughs> we'll see. Who knows? Could be something. Mm, let's see. Could, could take us two <laughs> weeks to find out. All right. So those are all our news stories. Uh, now we've got some Kickstarter picks to talk about. Uh, let's move on to Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Oh, this uh, one looks nice. The one the one. One. It's nice. It's, it's nice. I like nice. so hey, hey, this one. Kickstarter. <laughs> Kickstarter. Not <Nah>, step up. <laughs> that one's better. Yeah, m- no. But <laughs> <Tough. laughs> what happened to only wanting to say the positive things?
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. It doesn't count for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's fair.
0: Well, uh, in this segment, we're each going to highlight uh, some Kickstarter projects that we're excited about from the past week. Stephen, what what's your
2: pick for this week? Or pick parentheses s. So I, I went um, a little bit off off the rails on some on some level, but it's uh, it's board game adjacent. Um, right now on on Kickstarter is a. Uh, a project for game tables. It's by Geek & Son, which is a a UK company, I believe, uh, who make nice game tables. These these ones in particular are very uh, customizable. You can add dice trays and uh, card rails. You can just make it everything you possibly want it to be. And, while I backed it to, just to see how it was going to do and to keep track of it, I'm not going to get this table. I have a game table. I will probably be upgrading my table uh, in the quasi-near future, but that's like within the next year. My mind is fine. So if anybody in South Florida needs a game table that is in cur- perfect shape, I will sell you this one when I upgrade mine. But I'm, I'm picking the concept of a game table uh, to to basically highlight the fact that, to me, the experience of playing on a game table is so far exceeds the experience of just playing on a, a flat dining room, kitchen, or regular table. Um, I would highly recommend people who obviously have a little extra money because, you know, these things, anything that's pretty good is going to cost you, let's say, you know, $1,000, let's say, approximately. Uh, if you got that, I highly recommend researching it and getting into one of these really cool game tables with the the, the neoprene insert and all of that. It just upgrades your your play experience. And now let's face it, we all probably spend like that much money a year on games anyway. A lot of us do yeah. between Kickstarters and and you know and all the things we do surrounding gaming. Maybe go on a Kickstarter gaming buying hiatus and saving up for something like this, if you don't have one already. So that's why I'm highlighting the Geek & Son Bristol board game table currently on Kickstarter. And I do like the way that they put this one together, um, specifically for how much customizability uh, and game-related things you can do, plus things like lighting and stuff like that which is a bit excessive to me, but Hey, it's cool. If you want to <laughs> spend closer to a $3,000, that's not probably where I'm going to be going with my next table, but it's very cool.
0: Yeah. It looks really nice. I am. I, it's one of my life goals is to have a nice gaming table. At first I need room to put it somewhere, but
2: then. Yeah. <laughs> well, that... but the cool thing about a game table is now that you got to probably convince your significant other that it makes sense is that it's, <laughs> it's quite usable for other functions. That's if you That's true. Add on the top, right? So yeah. um, mine is my dining room table. It's so it's it's absolutely in every way shape and form looks like it's a dining room table except when you take off the two leaves, the two the tabletop itself and all of a sudden ta-da, you got a cool game table that you can play on. So it spends most of its life locked up. Game time, it you come off, you start playing. And these cool ones now have multiple sections. So you're not taking off an entire top of a table, which could weigh so much, or mine is in Mm. two sections, which is still really hard to do. They have like four sections. So it's easy to like pick up one, pick up the next, pick up the next. Anybody can do that. Um, Comes in all kinds of sizes from like your standard air quotes, like three foot by five foot table. That's kind of like a good thing for six players. And they go up the geek and son top of the cult, the warlord uh, goes up to like oh god that's like almost eight feet long I can't do it it's in centimeters and then in inches and I can't too <laughs> dumb, do too that dumb that to math. do the math here <laughs> but it's it's like it's pretty big it's like four and a half by by seven and a half the big big one but again um not every one of these is gonna be for everybody but it's more standard one and let me just let me mention that mine came from BoardGameTables.com. great company right. US company. Um, they did the first really big Kickstarter uh, for the Duchess I believe it was called that's my table the Duchess and the price was great on it um, obviously they've moved on uh, from that so they've got a better one than the Duchess now a little bit more expensive but I think you can get away with about a thousand and get a get a really nice table so I highly recommend that but you got to kind of set your goal on that and where to put it and convince your significant other that it's a good idea to do such a thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. This is definitely something I've been very bad about too. Mostly just because like, Oh, I have the tables and I don't have the problem. Jonathan has, which would be very useful for him is that you have cats who will (laughs) knock game pieces off. If you leave them out, I do not. So I have had games on tables for, quite some time because i just leave them there
0: <laughs> right yeah i cannot if i have a game set up i better i better put it away if i'm going anywhere or <laughs> one, it will be destroyed
2: <laughs> one of the cool things that uh my girlfriend and i do here is that when we take out gloomhaven we set that up inside the game table the whole thing everything we need and you just we just leave it there for weeks on end and then when we, we want to you know just and we do have a cat uh, we just put the top on and then we can eat on it and maybe yeah. even game on the top if we like don't want to clean up gloomhaven which will sit on the in the bottom the gaming portion of it so it's so versatile i just think it's you know again it's not for everybody thousand dollars is not in everyone's budget understandable but it's sort of like a to me it's sort of like if this is your serious hobby maybe you're take a a couple of things out of your hobby to save up for something like this. I think it's, I personally think it's well worth it to get.
1: Odds are too, you probably still have, as in almost half the hobbies involving any kind of game, a good maybe 30 or games you haven't really played enough of yet. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Right. I have (laughs) 2000 games downstairs in my, in my game room area. I, a lot of them are in shrink wrap, um, so yeah, I don't need Ooh, to buy another Ooh, game. Jonathan would not like that. For a while. He gets very mad at me if I have another
1: game as soon as I got it.
2: <laughs> bless, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Yes, not, I, I don't know. Get mad. I just don't
0: understand it personally. I have a disease, or I'm if a game is in my home, I must open it, even if I won't play it for two years. But I will punch out those boards. <laughs> that will happen. I get uh, it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So this is, uh, again, the Geekinson Bristol Board Game Table, which it looks like starts on Kickstarter at around $800. For Something their, like that. Yeah. And scout. again,
2: and I wanted to point out that it's there. But if that one doesn't suit one's needs, go check out BoardGameTables.com. Or another one was called, uh, they, they just ended a few weeks ago. They ended their campaign. It was for the Origins Exquisite and functional board game table. That was the full name of it. So there's so many companies out there. You can pick the one that most suits your needs. I'm not, and I'm not taking a, a view that this is the best one. It's just you said, hey, pick a good Kickstarter project you're following right now. That's the one I'm following.
0: All right. So uh, take a look at those. If you got the if you got the cash for it, you want something nice. Will uh, I? I think your project is going to be a little bit cheaper.
1: <laughs> uh, you're not getting the table. And my project, probably. I will say that. (laughs) I have brought up one that just came out today, and that's the Monster Hunter World board game Kickstarter. This is based off of not the most recent entry, because Monster Hunter Rise now is out, and I've been playing that. But this is from the same people who did the Dark Souls board game and the Horizon Zero one. Pretty much you will play as hunters fighting these monsters. They will have their own deck of actions and move around the board. And if you defeat them, you get gear to slowly upgrade your deck, just like in the game. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this one is because we did play the Dark Souls game a little bit. And we really didn't like the first half of the game, which is running around the dungeon grinding against little guys where you might die then. But the boss fights parts, we actually enjoyed a lot of. This seems to be just that. You got your monsters on the board. Depending on what angle you're on, they're going to deal damage and how you can avoid that, and they'll move around there. You don't have. It's still going to be a grind, but it's just grinding the fun part. <laughs> so I am much more interested in that. Of course, yes, I am a fan of the Monster Hunter IP as well. So that also attracts me here. I, I'm curious to see... Like, I see how the leveling thing up works, but I'm curious how it's going to work up in cards and stuff, and especially with some of the expansion stuff because you don't know if someone has something or not. And of course, this all being said, being from Steamforge Games which has done some smaller kickstars, this is a big miniature one. So, you can guess it's going to hurt your wallet. <laughs> if you want just the core game, it's going to be about 72, but everything going all in is close to 300. So, yeah, yeah. Definitely one of those ones that uh it's 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 not a
2: small Kickstarter.
1: <laughs> Beautiful yeah.
2: miniatures, though. I've, if I'm assuming, mm-hmm. assuming these bigger ones come here come with the the higher all in pledge, not the base pledge. Do they? I mean, I'm, I'm uh, just... the base pledge comes with the
1: as comes with some uh, big ones. Uh, the biggest one I think is the Rathalos, uh, 100 millimeter base size. Is that the big dragon? red dragon? <laughs> yes. The
2: thing is awesome look
1: yeah that's the one nice thing they're pulling from already great looking designs and i'm sure if you're a fan of monster hunter you're gonna get that feeling and that was my also problem with horizon zero dawn also great look but i didn't feel like it captured what the game was about which i love the game this feels like you if you are a fan of monster hunter you're gonna feel like you're playing monster hunter lease cool Though I wish I had, did have some wire bugs,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe for an expansion. Yeah, um, yeah, Steamforged Games. I, I feel like I have a weird <laughs> relationship with because, like you said, wasn't crazy about the Dark Souls board game, and then they've put out a bunch of other things that I haven't had the chance to play. But I, I hear very mixed things about them from other people mixed reception and the fact that it is uh you know it's a licensed game it's like that can you know these days licensed games can be really good but sometimes you have to especially with a kickstarter a lot of minis there's always like a fear in my head of is this just are they selling the minis first and the game second uh, and maybe, but you know, with the minis, then they look that cool. And if you're a fan of Monster Hunter, <laughs> maybe that's okay. Maybe if that's the worst case scenario. But I am interested to try. I, I have like Monster Hunter games in the past too. And it, it looks pretty cool. It looks like they've done a decent job, like you said, capturing the spirit of that game. So
1: I will say also in terms of what I can tell so far, because apparently they're going to add some more things to the go and they're only doing nine days. In terms of Kickstarter exclusives, it seems a bit more friendlier than some other heavy mini things. Okay. Well, there you go. There's something.
0: All right, so um, I went with a pick that is much smaller, a little small thing. Uh, there are some interesting projects out there, but I'm looking at this one called Pletrix, um, which is from Truquilus Games. And this <laughs> is a roll-and-write board game that uh, this also just launched today, just caught it at the last minute, that is, as you might guess from the title, maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. If you looked at the picture, you would. It's Tetris-inspired a Tetris style roll and write. And essentially there are colored dice, but instead of numbers or symbols, they have uh, shapes on them like Tetris blocks. So it'll be a cube or a square, I should say, or an L shape or what have you. And you'll someone will roll all these dice. And then on your turn, you get to pick a couple of those. And those are the shapes you have to draw on your own sheet. But it's not just one sheet uh, there. You actually have five different sections within that sheet and each one of those sections has different rules for how they score. So one of them is just you just have to cover up as many spaces as you can. One of them is more like the actual video game Tetris, where you kind of simulate the blocks falling down into place. One of them actually moves from left to right. So it's like the opposite of that. It's like a side-scrolling version of it. It seems like a really a neat concept. I'm still not tired of rolling rights i still think there's a lot of fun things that can be done there and uh there's also something with the dice where when you roll them um uh, like so the first few people in turn order get to pick their dice and everyone else kind of gets stuck with what's left depending on how many players you have but of course i'm sure turnover will rotate that will make that balance out a little bit uh an interesting mechanic and i, I love i tend to love any kind of game with uh what do they call the polyomino style gameplay patchwork or what have you, even um, or even kind of, we kind of saw this same concept in uh, cartographers, uh, similar sort of a thing with the roll and write. And uh, yeah, I, li- I liked the idea of it.
2: Well, as you may or may not know, I'm like the king of roll rights. I mean, uh, at the <laughs> end of this my Stronghold Games career there, we had already released six roll rights. You know, we started with the Ganshun Clever. Uh, That's mm-hmm. pretty clever. We called it and twice as clever, and Dizzle and Encore. We we were we did a lot of them. One of the ones that we did was also by Wolfgang Worsch, uh, Worsch, who who did Ganshon Clever and double twice as clever. It was called Bricks. And what was that? That was like Tetris. The Rolling right. So guess what? <laughs> These guys are kind of doing something. But the but this one implements it. Uh, quite differently. Dice based, um, uh, roll and write. You mean you're rolling for shapes. You did roll dice to pick a shape, but you, then you, you selected it on a, on a, on a second piece of paper. So it's, it's different. And this one has some other places where things are falling. It looks like I can't exactly tell how this works, but as you said, there's different kinds of uh, sheets in there, I guess, that you're, that you're playing with. Um, I'm 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 sure this one is was ex, is excellent too and I do love rolling rights. To me I I always say you can't have enough rolling rights because they're for the most part they're quick, they're easy, they're fillers, you can play with anybody just about. This one looks a little bit longer, a little bit at 30 minutes, but still it's a very it's definitely still a filler type game. 2 to 6 players, good player count. So um, this would be of interest to me personally as well. But so is Bricks, which we did first. <laughs> so
0: to, to clarify, you will not be suing them. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No.
2: <laughs> Neither will
0: Stronghold or Indie Game
2: Studios. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> okay, Okay. good. Yeah, so uh, that is Pletrix, which you can get a copy of uh, for about $24 on Kickstarter. Or go get Bricks. It's available right now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and try that one out. Uh, a couple other projects uh, that are some big ones I'm sure people are going to be talking about that are up now, like the new Marvel United X-Men a set from come on as well as there's a, like new expansion for canvas that i know people are fans of uh so mm-hmm. there's some there's some good stuff out there this week as as usual mm-hmm. uh but it's it's kickstarter has not slowed down in the past year
2: did you hear that come on has gone back to calling themselves Simon? no is that, that, is that is that true is it, that is it, yeah vassal <laughs> told me that last week So I never went to calling them, come on. They were CMON, they were always CMON. Then they started saying, no, we really want to be called, come on. I'm like, no, I'm not being tortured by this. And now they're back to calling themselves C-Money. That, that is what I, I understand. I, I prefer that. Yeah. But no understand? matter what, I will always get it wrong. I spent the
0: last two years
2: yes. training
0: myself.
1: <laughs> There's
2: no reason for these name changes. No way. So, But they're doing very well with this one. Obviously, a lot of people's eyes are on this one. At, they're already over $2 million, um, and they've got two weeks plus to go. So – it's a yeah. biggie, of course. Anything with Marvel on it is big. And, of course, Simon does a great game. So, yeah. Uh, also, kudos, uh, kudos uh,
1: more, more Kickstarter exclusives than, I think, non-Kickstarter exclusives. <laughs> oh,
2: really? Oh, yeah, they like there, that.
1: There's just an entire page of figures, all of them with that logo. Wow. <laughs> just amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, uh, I've heard good things
0: about Marvel United. Haven't tried it. It's not, you know, I see something like that. All the minis, Kickstarter, I tend to get a little bit scared off. But I've I've heard that it's a fun game. Also give a quick shout out here to the game Hidden Leaders. It's a deduction game. You have different heroes with different factions, and you are secretly using them to try to win for your faction, which is kept secret from the other players. Uh, We did a how to play video for this. It is on their Kickstarter page. So if you're curious about it, you can check that out as well. All right. So those are our kickstarter picks but we have been playing some games and we're going to talk about them now in table talk i
2: don't know my table guy. talk, table
0: talk, table talk now that okay that one was great oh okay and now i know that you mean it i know that you're
2: <laughs> uh so, no, you don't want me to be negative so i'm that was so, that was awesome <laughs> oh. Uh steven
0: we're starting with you talk to us about what you've been playing recently
2: yeah so i'm um in the middle of and i'm gonna go off off of board games i keep going off tangents kind of i'm gonna uh go off board games oh, but please, i've been yeah. involved in a a long um well Long, long at the moment I guess it's running for almost a year now uh, Pathfinder first edition role playing game so I'm a I'm a role player from way back in the day right I've been playing and I'm older than you guys and I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons specifically plus other systems since my days in like high school so it was a long time but um and it was basically continuous most of that time, I think I think there were periods where I stopped. But then, like when I left New Jersey, and a couple of years before that, because the, the game group just broke up a little bit, I I I stopped playing Dungeons and Dragons. I stopped role playing there. I came got down to Florida, and of course, I don't have a s- solid group to get together with. And then there's COVID, um, so I hadn't role played in solidly five years until the middle of COVID, like last june so almost like 10 months ago buddy of mine back from new jersey said starting up a pathfinder campaign do you want in using zoom i'm like is this possible is this right i mean like you know table it's tabletop role playing you sit around a table you look each other in the eye and you role play not to Hmm. mention i don't trust my friends cheating when they're rolling dice (laughs) so he says yeah 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 yeah, we can do this i think we can do this is a great tool called roll 20 and i'm Plugging them too. I have nothing to do with them other than it's a great thing to to use uh, as a system for, and it's system agnostic. You can do this with many different things. So we're playing a Pathfinder first edition game, uh, a module that that was created by them too. So it's 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 available. It's called the Reign of Winter, uh, and we use Roll Twenty, which is a web browser based system to. Show where we are on the world. The, the DM can uh, re- keep bringing up the different maps that we're on and the world map, and show large pictures of the of the the, the creatures that we're encountering and fighting. Really, really works well. So, anybody who is into role playing at all and have basically got stopped via COVID, I I thoroughly recommend looking at Roll 20 as a solution for this. And I'm really digging Pathfinder one, uh, first edition, which is um, very much like D and D 3.5. It's, it's like people called it D and D 3.75. It was sort of a mm-hmm. kind of a revision to that. Now D and D is of course now on fifth edition, but, and, and those rules I've heard are great. I just never did it. And my friends wanted to go back and stay with Pathfinder. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. So we're doing that and having a great time doing it. So I highly recommend it. You guys role players at all?
1: Yes, we are, and Uh, we usually try Fridays, but (laughs) it doesn't always work out.
0: We are we are intimately familiar with Roll Twenty. We use it for for our D and D Fifth Edition games. Cool. Uh, Yeah, our our biggest hurdle is not uh, yeah is not the pandemic. It's just it's still people (laughs) being able to get (laughs) together to play no matter where they are in the world.
2: That's Uh, funny, and yeah. So we've you know since we've been. Doing this. And, you know, I'm obviously I've had like no travel, right? Since since last June, basically. Um, if and, if and if I was working, or if there wasn't a pandemic, uh, I would have been traveling for like vacations and stuff like that. But like literally, we've played every week, uh, every Tuesday night since this started. We missed one week for something special, but that's it. So we've been more regular about getting together. Than ever. Back in the day when I was playing with them, um, back in New Jersey, it was in every other week thing, and still we would miss things, especially since, uh, oh, well, it's Gen Con week, I can't play this week, I gotta go there, and stuff like that, so um, it's, been a, it's been a godsend, and it's been wonderful to be doing this again.
1: At least from uh, my experience, in, in essence, I, I assume Jonathan's very similar, I felt like the pandemic has made more people, it's harder to get people together. <laughs> it seems like to even try to zoom a game or role play they might be like oh sure we'll do it because but because of oh i could just do something else at home now it's not i have to go to someone's house to play the game or because of my schedule, so it seems more people are are willing to skip and miss.
0: Different motivations work, I think, differently for different groups of people. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And for we were a little, we got a little unlucky. We got the short end of that straw. Yeah.
1: We just need any kind of motive <laughs> carrot or stick. We need both. There you go. Uh,
0: what what kind of character do you play in Pathfinder?
2: I'm playing a half orc fighter, not uh, oh, okay. not barbarian. A lot of people go half orc. We have one of
0: those as well in our D D. Half orc fighter,
2: really. Yeah, in fact, in
0: fact, he was our guest, our first guest last week. So we had two half orc fighters in a row. In a row,
2: <laughs> yeah. So he's a huge, um, uh, and he's like the biggest half orc. I mean, you know, I just my DM said I don't care how how big you are as long as you don't go into like large size. So he's like seven foot eleven inches. You know, I maxed <laughs> out his strength, and now he's and he's been getting extra strength. You know, as you go up and level every four levels, so he's got like a twenty four strength right now and he just walks into the middle and just cleaves across and he's <laughs> I'm having fun just dealing like stupid amounts of damage uh and things like that, you know. Um and people look and they're like, you wanna leave some for us, you know, to fight. <laughs> it's been <laughs> fun. Great. It's been a lot of it's been great. Uh, that's great. What should else I con- got? Should yeah, I continue please. with this stuff? Yeah. So uh, yes, a okay. quick a quick shout out. I'm I, again I haven't been doing a lot of tabletop board gaming. A little bit. I'll give the one of the items, though, that I have played is Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition. Now, um, hopefully you guys know that that Stronghold did a Kickstarter uh, mm-hmm. for this project a uh, few months back and I was able to get a production copy of it. And we did a, because a, a, because the game was already being produced, even though they were doing the Kickstarter. I got I got the copy. I, I did a video. I did an unboxing video. And I did a video with Tom Vassal as well uh, that they paid for it. I just went down to play it. And um, it, it had been in progress when I left. But, you know, I was not, since I was leaving, I didn't do any of the work on it. But it is really, really good. and It's like a distilled version of Terraforming Mars. So, you know, you can play it in an hour versus terraforming mars which can take two and a half hours or more depending on how how slow one plays it. So I've played that a couple of times and continue to love it and think it's just a great addition to to that line of games uh you know and obviously more to come because that IP is just so rich for doing things.
0: Good to hear. That is one of both of our favorite games, the original Terraforming Mars. So Excellent.
2: I think you will like I think you will like Ares Expedition. It just um um you know, just brings it down to sort of almost a more manageable thing to even teach people as well. You know, so like you don't want to get into the nitty gritty of all the different things that happen in Terraforming Mars. Now it's like you're going to play cards. You're going to play a card to to then be able to take, play different cards after that. And that's like the sequence of the game and how it works. There's a very small board in the middle. It all, it all works out very well.
0: Yeah, definitely eager to get my hands on that one. Right. Oh, yeah. And uh, what have you been unboxing?
2: Yeah, and the last thing that I want to mention is that I just it just got here last week, uh, and I did an unboxing video, and I'll tell you how to see that later on. And when and during the plugs in the in the end credits Ooh. there, I I got a game from Ares Games, known as the Battle of the Five Armies: The Hobbit Collector's Edition. So anybody who knows me knows that I am a a a tolkien fanatic so lord of the rings fanatic i've read all the stuff and the the really i i'm just an absolute tolkien fanatic and my favorite single game in the world period full stop is war of the ring have you guys ever played war of the ring
0: i will tell you i just recently purchased it for the first time really oh. and uh it's, it's one that's been on my bucket list forever and uh I just, you know, thought I'll never have the time or the person to, to play it with. But during the pandemic, I have gone a little crazy and uh, it, I have not had the chance to play it yet, but it's it's out there waiting for me.
2: So I, I can't talk more highly about the game. Um, you know, watch some of the how to play videos. I'm, I don't know who did it. I just know how to play it because I've had it forever. And <laughs> I have the collector's edition of War of the Ring, which may be the most blown out, crazy produced game of all time comes in a wooden box that that looks like a book so that when you're holding this huge four-foot thing, you look like a hobbit. I mean, that's sort of what they were going for there. It's, it's absolutely amazing, the production of the War of the Ring Collector's Edition. Now they've done um, sort of its baby brother, the Battle of the Five Armies, which also came out from Ares Games. They did that a while ago, and now they have a Collector's Edition for that. The production is not quite to the scale of the War of the Ring collector's edition, which goes for, by the way, like you can't get a copy. Obviously it's way out of print. You can't get a copy for like less than 2000 dollars if anybody was going to sell it to you. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> just don't go by the game table. Don't go by this <laughs> <the> <laughs> collector's edition of that. <laughs> but this collector's edition I actually got for you know a mere two hundred and fifty dollars. But it's gorgeous. All painted miniatures, huge board. Um yeah. They they really blew it out in a in a different way, um, and I haven't played it um, yet on my new collector's edition. But I'm looking forward to doing that. I recently saw the you know the movie The Hobbit, and the uh, the last movie I think right of the uh, of the, of this of the three of them is the the Battle of the Five Armies. It kind of recreates that entire thing. So um, later on, I'll tell you how to see my unboxing video. But it's you. It's it should be seen to be believed how cool the production of the game is.
1: Awesome. Now, I do have a question for you as a, yes, a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Yes, sir. How do you feel? Because, you know, there's plenty of Lord of the Rings games out there and sometimes they either need to make up new stories or characters that, at least as far as I know, do not exist mm-hmm. in the original. Uh, are you fine with that? Is that okay? Is it a problem that they stray from the canon at all?
2: Well, they only did that, well, okay, I mean, you could say they strayed from the canon even in the, and when you mean, you mean in the movies, I guess, is what you're talking about, right? Movies, books, just,
1: at least well, as far as I know, characters that were made for the well, game they or Even, story even in the, um,
0: like in the Fantasy Flight Lord of the Rings games, they have invented some characters you can play as, right?
2: No, not that I know of. Oh, yeah? I, I, no. All right. Uh, don't, to don't to my knowledge, mate. the games. Well well, well well I don't know about like the Living Card game, because I haven't okay. gotten into that whole maybe they did in there. Maybe, maybe. So I won't even comment on that. I'm talking about the <laughs> will board games the, in the Listeners correct you. <laughs> yes, they will. The in the like in the Lord of the Rings movies, they did change certain sequences. They didn't add any characters, and then they gave um certain characters more, more weight, more, more screen time and stuff like that. Mostly the female characters, because the Lord of the Rings is very male dominated. It just is. And, and, you know, that's a, that we could talk about the reasons for that, et cetera. So in the movies, they, they've changed, um, how certain people got on screen and where they got on screen and things like that. So, do do I and in and in in the in the Hobbit they certainly changed quite a bit, quite a bit. How I feel about that? On one side, I'd like to say I'm a purist, and I'd rather them just do it, you know, the way it's been done. But at the same time, if they can come up with really good reasons for doing things a little bit differently, you know, and and like in the Hobbit, they extended that kind of small story to be this like epic three. Mm -hmm. Uh, movie adventure you know more more Tolkien is better Tolkien so I'm okay in general terms with playing with this a lot we're never going to get any more from J.R.R. Tolkien or or Christopher (laughs) his son he's I think he's either even passed away or he's quite old at this point we're not getting any more from the original source so taking small liberties go for it
0: (laughs) We'll see how that Amazon series turns out, hopefully.
2: Oh, um, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I'm going to be going crazy when that's on. <laughs> did, did you hear what they're spending on that series?
1: Oh,
0: it's a
2: lot, right? I, I mean, not, it's absolutely, by far. You know, like, before this, I believe Game of Thrones was the most expensive television production ever done. This is not this, – this makes that look like it's a cartoon. I mean, it's like <laughs> – tremendous, billion-dollar type production. Can we actually
1: get another Lord of the Rings cartoon? Just saying. Oh, that'd be good, too. <laughs> as long as they do it right this time. All of those things. Oh, all right.
2: those Those old things were not that good. Oh, <laughs> we digress right. off of board games here Right, right. Back to
0: the role of board games, or at least uh in part, uh Will and I have been playing some things separately from each other. Uh, in fact, one of them you streamed live. People could watch it, and it is a video game. But it is an adaptation of a board game. I watched you play this, but I'm interested to hear you tell me how it felt
1: to actually play it. <laughs> so, yes, as Jonathan is alluding to, I played through at least, I think, maybe the first third, I'm hoping, of the Arkham Horror Mother's Embrace. This is based on the Arkham Horror series from Fancy Flight, which is Lovecraft and their own world and characters. <laughs> And so far, we have discovered there is a cult running amok that is killing people involved with this comet, and something's going on in Louisiana. Also, my characters tend to go insane pretty fast.
0: <laughs> As is-
1: for the game itself, yeah. it does, it reminds me a lot of the uh, your turn-based action things, but it's not the old fancy not fancy wow final <laughs> fantasy style of you're just in a lineup you are going to move around a bit more like Xcom but it doesn't have cover and stuff it really is just distance that said unlike Xcom which has the very grid movement style this doesn't which i actually like a lot it feels a bit more freeing the characters are a little slow and there are some funny dialogue things but overall first impressions I'm I'm thinking it's like Not bad for first try. You know, things could have gotten so much worse. We'll have to see what happens, obviously. But I like the idea of how they force you to sort of sub out characters with madness. If you leave them behind, they'll recover. So you can go through different chapters. The weapons are a little bit weird. And I don't really, like, there are spell books you can pick up for abilities. But I'm not using them for the most part until I get someone who's good with magic. Like that was the one thing that's great about XCOM is you can really like I've built this character to be a great sniper or I've built this one to run in close. I don't feel that as much right now. It's sort of just I have three bodies. Let's see if I can make sure they survive. Hmm. Um. But you know the voice acting is not terrible, and for what you might expect, maybe my my bar is low for that. But I'm at least happy. I'm like it's a start. <laughs>
0: it is kind of the first, to my knowledge, video game. Based on a board game that's not a direct adaptation of the game itself, it's it's adapting the world of the. There's board game. There's probably
1: something like Jumanji. <laughs> Although that it's you're kind, it's kind around. of a
0: cheat because the the board game is also based on already existing lore, <laughs> uh, so it's not like totally original. But mm-hmm. it is interesting. I wonder if it's successful. If you know how many, if they'll keep doing this.
2: Yeah, I saw I saw this come out, um, and I kind of like marked it in Steam on my wish list. I don't right. do a lot of like online gaming, but you know, I, I saw this. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So I just kind of clicked on it. Um, it's it's interesting. Your feedback. Um, as long as it's giving me a good story arc, that for me is the kind of thing that I look for. You know, I'm st-
1: um, yeah. I'm that's what I'm happy about. Yeah, I think the story arc has still been enough for me to be interested. Right. I think there's obviously for a game of that size and like it's not you know coming from EA games or something mm-hmm. there's things you're going to laugh at like we we pointed out there was a character that had the exact same head as my main character
2: oh, that's funny. <laughs> Re- repeating oh.
1: <laughs> but you know we've seen things that feel so much worse like I'm still having fun playing and stuff and there isn't a difficulty scaling or anything so I'm I'm curious to see what happens like in XCOM I keep bringing it up cuz I feel like it's a good analogy a character can die like, you lose troops along the way. But these these are named people from the games. You'll recognize them if you've ever played any of the Arkham lines. So I'm like, can they die? Am I going to get a game over screen? <laughs> so I'm not sure how that's going to go yet. Interesting. I, I think it's a good start, and I definitely think they're, they're, it can improve. But it's at the point, at least, that I feel like it's still, if you like the Arkham series and games, you'll probably be satisfied. And it's I 20 love, bucks, right? Yes, that too. I would love for them to team up. And get the people behind XCOM, too, because I think that's, like, just the perfect style and engine okay. for a Lovecraft game. You should be expected for people to die or go insane. And the the grid movement, I think, is a, a lot more attractive to board gamers because it's not a de- – you know, sometimes people complain about dexterity things, which, if you think about it, that's what a video game is. You, you have to react in real time mm-hmm. to things. Right. So having more of that turn-based system and more leveling up and being able to dive more into that, I think would be very interesting for a lot of people.
0: Now, I want to jump to a, a couple of other <laughs> things that it looks like you've been playing here that I'm curious about uh, that are that are some older games. And I'm wondering where, where these came about.
1: Okay, so anyone who's ever listened to all, the stu- all my stuff knows that uh, I play a bunch of Destiny and I have a clan that goes with I don't try to push anything because one, Destiny already takes enough time. Two, I already learned with board games that you really want to, you don't want to shove people in. You gotta like let them come in and you don't just, hey, I'm interested in board games. Great, let's play Twilight Imperium. You know, you don't <laughs> drop something like that in front of them. You don't want to scare them away. And recently some of them started found tabletop simulator, and like, oh, they're playing chess. I'm like, good, good, all right, slow and chilly. And then the other night, like, hey, we're gonna try Red Dragon in. You wanna play? I'm like, yes, all right. So, well actually clue came first sorry clue and then red dragon in so clue it was i'm like you know what they're starting to use it I'm going in this is great <laughs> still you know what not the worst experience the worst thing being at the rolling and ra- <laughs> just moving around but roll, it was really roll and funny rolling moral move, roll and move, move. Oh, yes. wow not rolling right two different <laughs> roll right's good yes <laughs> roll and move not so much <laughs> <All> right and <laughs> it was really fun to play just trying to solve these things and try to figure out it's also like it's interesting to think of, to play a game like this and just see what other investigative games, especially, obviously, Jonathan, your favorite is when the more social deduction, you know, you're, you're not Arkham Horror, um, Avalon, mm-hmm. you know, you're where people are the traitors. It's not just guess what's in the envelope. Mm-hmm. Or Sherlock Holmes, when you're actually playing the mystery to see how far we've come. And yeah. I did lose. I, I decided, because I asked a question that pretty much said no one had the cards i'm like we know the murder weapon and the person at least i thought everyone got that too so i'm like i've got like a 50/50 shot on the location i was wrong so i pretty much had to watch them play but it was it it, it is not the worst of the earliest games so <laughs> it was fun to play um the other one red dragon inn we played as well and i we have played the core game this one since it was on tabletop simulator had all the stuff i actually played with a character named wrench who they everyone hated cuz and i just chose by luck i want to be clear i don't know what you know tier lists of red dragon i don't know if this person's good or bad
0: and this is this is like a a drinking dungeon crawling so, game it, it's right? it's
2: it's what happens at at what happens to the party right. after they have <laughs> slayed the monsters and they're now back sitting At the Red Dragon Inn. And it's all about drinking and gambling. And I have so many stories (laughs) about this game. That,
1: (laughs) Yes. If I had to do it not by theme but by mechanics, it is a backstabbing game. You are all (laughs) trying not to be the last one who either runs out of money or their health and their alcohol
2: level. Right. They get, basically, they pass out drunk. Either you pass so, out drunk in, in the game, or you run out of money, in which case, both times, the bouncer picks you up and throws you out of the place. <laughs> and what tends to happen is usually you'd be like, look, that person's stronger,
1: so we sh- you should really give that person drinks and make them drunk. Or, oh, I, uh, you, that person only has three gold. Let's get them out of the game. Anyways, Wrench's ability is he plays with toys. He brings little inventions to the table, and everyone hated them. Because I would just... Play this card, and they're like, all right, I tick each one down, and you take a damage, I get a gold. So everyone was trying very hard to kill off everything I played.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hmm, So you didn't win this one either, I take it.
1: I No, I still, it came to a final draw. It was like, did this person have a way to, they had to make me gamble. If they could make me gamble, I lost. So they did draw a gamble card. I had one gold left. That was my big thing. I'm not good with the um, gambling, and I don't, this character had one card that generated gold, but they were pretty quick to remove that, hmm. very fast. <laughs> so
2: my my comment, if you don't mind, my comments are red In, and it's a not not going negative, but the game is a little old school um, and imbalanced, um, and you can easily, you know get ganged up on and get tossed out and booted out and then the game will go on for really long periods of time. Um uh, but I I've always, I like I like it. It's it's adorable and it's and it's idea for adults this is, of course. Uh because it's about drinking and gamble gambling. Um and I've always wanted to play this game with real drinking and real gambling. I I think that that would be hysterical <laughs> to try to do that where each one of the drinks in the game because there's like you know, Wizard's Brew, Ogre's Blood, you know, all these different drinks. If you actually could make those drinks with the approximate like uh, alcohol content of the drinks that they're talking about, because I'm like, you know, just take one, whatever it's called, fortitude damage or some of them up to four damage. If you could actually make them and you were actually drinking while you were doing it, I think the game would be extremely a lot of fun. And then of course, if you could add like, each one of those coins was like a buck or, or uh now we're water. talking <laughs> you could get I, I, well, yeah you could really get you know it would, it would be a crazy combination of gaming drinking and gambling all together i think it'd be fun
1: i'd love to try to make the drinks just in general because yes. i think that'd be fun i will say the time we played it way in the past before we did it with just like you know take a sip every time your character for each drink point mm-hmm. not not so fun because you're just like I want a drink. <laughs> Sometimes acuity, you just want so to have avoided. a beer, yeah, right. And you're, but you're actively avoiding the game. So you either need to like up the content somehow, yeah. or yeah. like. But the idea of actually designing, the drink, though, I think we could skip the uh, the troll swill. That one, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we want to make that one. <laughs> but it's a cute uh, game.
2: I, ha- I have I have one and two in my uh, uh, Red Dragon. No, and one yeah, and that's two. the other
1: thing. When, seeing all the characters laid out, I'm just like. Um I don't know who to choose. I remember these four. Yeah, what are they like a thousand it, now?
2: <laughs> yeah, no idea. Man.
1: I went with the cobalt. It was cute and it was fun to play with because dabbing a lot of stuff on the board just everyone got very angry about that. That really is which is as you said, I think the it's there are probably and I'm not would not be surprised some balancing problems with the characters, but I think the balancing comes more from the players. Like you need to be decide like that person is you know, way ahead, or don't mm-hmm. target that person because they're more defensive, kind right. of thing, mm-hmm. which is a uh, pro or con depending on just what kind of games you play. So, All right. I want. Didn't they? I wonder if they are they still going or did they actually? I finish? think they finally wrapped it up. I think they had the
0: final expansion come out not too long ago, maybe a year or so ago. Could be wrong though. Who knows? some things never die. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's Red Dragon in. I want to conclude our table talk by talking about some adventure style games and the first one is one that i've talked about uh, before on our uh, patreon version of our podcast uh, and probably a few times probably too many times and that is this game called cantaloupe and specifically it's uh, book one breaking out of prison i have since learned they've announced there are two more coming uh, that are going to i think complete this storyline and they also are working on maybe some like more kid-friendly versions using the same system. But basically what Cantaloupe is, is a point-and-click adventure game in board game form. So if you've ever played something like Secret of Monkey Island or Sam & Max or any of those old uh, LucasArts games, then you know what to expect here. You are opening pages in a book, and uh, on each page are t- things with different codes that you can look at. And you use this little red decoder bar to be able to read the text to find out what it is. And as you play, you're also getting cards, which are items. And you can try to combine the items by lining up codes and uh, use the items in various ways and solve puzzles as you go throughout different stages of the book. The story of this one is that you are trying to uh, put a crew together to uh, plan this heist. So you have to break a guy out of prison and do some other things along the way. And I finally finished it. It's a it was one that I played in multiple sessions and I think took too long between sessions. I wish I had played them closer together. But I really, really loved my time with it. I love this style of point-and-click game. And I've i said this before that I, I definitely feel that this does it better than any of other board game I have played has tried to do this style in the past. And I think what it really nails about it is the humor the characters, the dialogue that's in there. It's a very funny game, very funny. Uh, It does take advantage, I think, of the board game format. It's not just the point-and-click digital game with a book instead of on your computer screen. I think it does some funny things with it. Um, And I, I I had a great time playing it. There are a couple of puzzles towards the end that I definitely had to look up some hints for. There's one in particular that I think some people might find unfair because it's a little bit it makes you think a little bit outside the box and sort of a meadow way uh and I, I i did kind of feel like eh, i'm not gonna give anything away but was it totally fair i don't know but i was okay with it because i still thought it was funny and i i really enjoyed my time with it overall so i'm recommending that i'm excited to give that to lend that to you will so you can get a chance to try playing it and uh, the very exciting and this is solo right it is they say one plus so you could play it with multiple people and you're all like working together on the right. puzzles but i think more than two probably i don't know how well that would work but yeah there's no there's no competitive aspect to it or anything yeah. like that you
2: i like these i like these games i like the the exit series of games i think they're all good they're all good for like a date night they're all good just to hang out with a bunch of people and in general, they're fun, and and while they're like one and duns, yeah, and then you give it to your friend, and that person can do it too, and right, cool, yeah,
0: yeah. They're they're a lot of fun, I find, and and I I'm bringing it up also because both Will and I played the newest entries in the Escape Tales series. We previously reviewed a while back their first game, which was Awaken the Awakening, is what it was called, and now they have two new ones: Children of Wormwoods and Low Memory, and. These are, uh, like I said, escape room style games, but also for a solo or more players. Uh, We both played, at least I played mine by myself. I assume you did also. And the way it works is you have cards that are laid out and you're trying to solve puzzles presented on the map card that will lead you to new cards that are items or clues. And you're inputting the answers to the puzzles that you find also in an app on your phone. So there's kind of an app component, but not too heavily. You're just inputting a code or something, and it tells you if it's correct or not. And you're also reading a lot of entries in a little booklet that give you a story along the way. So it is pretty narrative-heavy. And depending on what you choose and how you do in the puzzles, you might get different endings. There's also an action point system where you have tokens, and you can only look at so many things in the room. And if you run out of tokens and you need more, you will have to reveal a stress card, at least in my version. There may be different, slightly different things in the one you There play. are. Um, but essentially, I think it works the same way that you'll get more tokens, but it'll have some kind of negative effect on you. Um, I was kind of mixed on the first one that we played, and I think I feel kind of the same way about this one. And that's why I wanted to specifically bring up Cantaloupe, because playing these games back-to-back was really kind of an experience, because... Whereas Cantaloupe is very, very open, very encouraging. You can't lose. You can't die. You can explore everything. There's no negative consequences. You can go wherever you want. Escape Tales is kind of the opposite in that there is constant pressure of if if I choose to look at the wrong thing, it could just be a dead end and I'm going to get punished for it. And while I really like the puzzles in this game overall and the narrative, I, I've only played a little bit. These, these new versions are a lot longer than the last one we played. Um, I think the narrative is is interesting so far. That that pressure I really don't enjoy as much in this style of game. I think you will like like the original one a little bit more than I did. What, so what did you think about the one
1: you played, Children of Wormwoods? So this one is broken up into chapters. And I finished the first chapter of the They're setting an epilogue, but they said, I think that blog is so small. You just play it with two. The way this one works is you actually have a character with stats. And when you want those discs to do more actions, you decide to either focus or rest, which give you different punishments, different stats. And also the story may be like, did you rest or did you focus? Then this happens. So it feels a lot more like an RPG in that sense. That said, only once has it asked about my stats. Hmm. Hmm. So it's not really like, like, I guess maybe, is it possible? You just, who knows if you took a different path, it's like, that is very true. I could have just somehow perfectly like needled (laughs) through everything, which is right up the kind of dumb thing I would do. I just avoid things (laughs) actually. And the story behind this is there is the wormwood, pretty much this plant that grows around the town that pretty much supposedly if you touch, you go insane. Your parents were touched by and died when you were born. And for some reason, the village does not like you. And I'll leave it at that. Oh. Mm. Puzzle-wise, <laughs> I you know, I'd say most of them are pretty, like, logical. Okay, I think I need this. I got to get this. Oh, you can actually ask your character now, too. That's some of the ways you get hints. You're like, tell me about the store. Oh, it's this. And you're like, oh, okay. So you're, you get your character's perspective on that. Hmm. That said, there is... By the way, in this game, and I know, you, Jonathan, you said this game has a lot of pressure. Hypothetically, you don't need to solve the puzzles. You can keep clicking through hints, and then it says, just give me the answer. Right. No, in that in that regard, it is very forgiving. That is true. It, it, I bring that up because I have done that and went up for a puzzle, and yeah. I still don't know how the puzzle works. <laughs> That's a bad Like, thing. I cannot tell you. I feel like a couple of the puzzles feel like they want to they make an actual point and click. Like, this would be, like, so much easier. I could drag the things around to look at them and stuff. Yeah,
0: I remember for the first game, I took pictures of some things and, like, manipulated
1: them in Photoshop
0: <laughs> to better... Oh, I
1: wish I thought of that. That would have helped for one of them. <laughs>
0: uh, but, uh, I mean, so, I, what do you think overall about it? I, are you excited to play the rest of it?
1: Yes, I'm still curious to see what how things turn out. Most of the puzzle, like I said, logically fine. I am the kind of person who hates that he can't just click and everything, you know, I'm the per I'm the guy who's gonna go to every corner of the room, try to find everything, read everything, which you know takes a little bit longer sometimes. And in this, it you, so I have to really be like, oh, I'll pass for now. <laughs> I I will say with the first one, I did after I played through it officially, like follow the rules. I go through again and I'm a little more cheaty just so I can find every puzzle mm. and see what's going on.
0: I just wish it was more sometimes I just feel like it's so arbitrary of like, oh, that was where the important clue was. Like, I feel like there's no way I would have known that that was a dead end or something vital to solving a puzzle. And so oftentimes I feel like either how was I supposed to know that? I feel like I got cheated out of something or I just lucked into it like, oh, I guess I happened to pick the best place to go.
1: I actually really like, though, that in this they will tell you like, oh, I found this puzzle. You need four cards. You're like good. Yes, right. Can solve that now, because I God knows that they didn't have that. I'd stare at a puzzle for a solid like ten minutes before I realize I'm missing a piece or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is nice. And my the story of mine is. By the way, yours mine does not have the RPG stuff. Mine sounds a little bit uh, di- not as different as yours.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure they just added. Mine. I have the newest one. Right. Yours um, was introduced a little while back.
0: Mine is, um, takes place. You're the wife of a guy who works in security. So like your whole house is rigged for, <laughs> for electronic puzzles. Basically. It's kind of a contrived reason to have that stuff happen. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so those that was the escape tales games. I, I'm going to keep playing it. I'm going to see if through, you know, I enjoy my time with it, even though it, the system frustrates me. I do like the puzzles. And sometimes I think like you, I might just be like, you know what? I have an extra action. I don't care what they say. <laughs> I'm just going to break the rules because I'm the only one playing it. So who, what, who's going to stop me? Uh, so uh, those are the things that we've been playing. Let's move on because right now I'm very excited. We are going to, before we wrap up the show, play a board game game.
2: That's right. Oh, that was, that was awesome. That was we're gonna, perfect. We're gonna perfect. Play don't, board. don't change anything on that one. <laughs> All right. Lo- I'm
0: loving these notes. So this week's board game game is called name the game it's the oh. name the game board game game and here's how it's going to work there's a very complicated system here so please try to keep up with me <laughs> okay. i have uh, a few games that i'm going to try to get the two of you to guess what they are uh, using a series of clues that i have is a clue i have devised myself no I, <laughs> you, you you're too early uh so here's the way it's going to work is one of you is going to go at a time each game has three clues attached to it after each clue you will be given one guess as to what you think the game is if you are unable to guess it after three clues then the other player will get the chance to steal if they think they know the answer if you guess after only one clue you'll be awarded three points Mm -hmm. two clues two points all three you only get one point so the earlier you're able to get it the more points that you
1: will earn Does all that make sense I'm going to have to come up with some game so I can put you on the
2: pr- on the spotlight for mm, this. No, no,
0: I, that's okay. I am I'm, I'm the game master. It's all right. Well, and the
2: we'll... and these games are like, you know, unfunded Kickstarter projects, right? <laughs> these yeah, are really going to make it hard on me.
0: I will I will venture a guess that everyone here is very familiar with these titles. All right. Um let's, let's see. however, the the clues may be may range from pretty obscure to extremely obscure. So We'll see how it goes. Steven, right. I think I, 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 think we're going to start with you. Okay. Okay, here we go. So I got to make sure I'm keeping track of your points because <laughs> that's obviously important. Oh, we will.
2: <laughs> I'm very competitive. Go.
0: All right. <laughs> Steven, here is your first clue. You don't need a doctorate in chemistry to play this game, but it might help. You have one guess, and I'll repeat the clue if if necessary.
2: Um, Oh, bad medicine.
0: That is not
2: the correct answer. I'm sure it's not, but I had to say something. But good guess. (laughs) All right. You got to say something. There's no penalty for saying something. Something. All right. Except that I'm helping him out. That means, sort of. Oh, that's true. That's sort of. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, you might want to think about that. So (laughs) you don't need a doctorate in chemistry to play this game, but it might help. Clue number two. This is one of many games with similar themes that Matt Damon might be good at. Actor Matt Damon might be good at this game. As well as many other games with similar themes. Terraforming Mars. Stephen... You have guessed the game. There we go. You have named That's it. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yes, <after that. laughs> I was two a little, points. <laughs> I was a little worried because, uh, of course, uh, designer of Terraforming Mars has a doctorate in chemistry. That was my number one. I thought you might have known that uh, off off the top of your head.
2: He has a doctorate in physical sciences, I believe. Oh, so I'm, you I'm uh, led me off. astray a little, bit, but but. <laughs>
0: I read this in the rule book of terraforming models. Uh, I could My swear school. it's
2: physical sciences. But but okay, we'll go we'll go with that. Um, it's possible they changed it. I don't know. But chemistry Why not both? Why not both? Maybe he has both. <laughs> yes, Jacob Frixelius, awesome guy. He um he based all of as you probably know, right, all of the different things in there are based on like projected science and current science that you could, you know, riff off of to get to to those projects and things like that. So he did a great job with
1: that. It's one of the reasons, one of the reasons I love the game too, because it feels more like, yeah, we're going to do that or we're going to try.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Give us 400 years. That's when that game starts in 2400. (laughs) I can see us possibly trying. Hey, Elon Mm -hmm. Musk is doing all his part. Why not? Why not? We'll we'll see if we can make it to that year. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. If we all can. I mean, like the planet, right? If we can as a species. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a lot right on that one. Yeah. All right. So good job. You now have two points on the board. Two points. Yeah. Well, it's your turn to name the game. All right. Let's do this. First clue. This game is not suitable for the faint of heart for more reasons than one.
1: Faint of heart for more reasons than one uh hmm. Not suitable. I mean, for the faint of heart. For more reasons than one. I can. I'm just gonna. I'm. I know. I'm not gonna get it. But I'm gonna go with Arkham Horror. All right. start. It is not Arkham
0: Horror, but like you said, you got to start somewhere with these. All right. Second clue. I I'll try. I don't get to guess. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <right>. Screwing <laughs> up the th- thing. Right when again. I fail
1: three times, then you get to guess yes. correctly. <laughs>
0: uh all right but i would be curious to know if you if later if your guess is correct clue number two this game can be played in any month of the year any month of the year. any month of the year this game can be played in is this dead of winter it is not dead of winter it's not dead of winter this brings us to clue number three and i think you're gonna get this one
1: no. I don't think so.
0: No. Video game company Game Freak did not publish this game, though it may have been inspired by them in part.
1: Hmm. I don't know.
2: Um.
1: Oh, God. This is why I'm not good at. T- <laughs> <laughs> um, and I can't wait to hit myself in the head when I find out what it is oh god Pain of heart can be played in any month and if game
0: freak, game freak developer of pokemon i got that much you know it's for the listeners if they didn't know i didn't know or <laughs> <laughs> well, the there, contestants there you go yeah the contestants as well
1: you have you have a guess i do not um say i'll throw anything. It- Okay. Go for it. Nope. I, I'm sorry. I'm just blanking completely. All right. I, I'm
2: sure that I'm not right, but, I, you know, I get a free Let's, guess. So yeah. um, the any month thing, I'm going to go with Pandemic Legacy.
0: Stephen. it is Pandemic Legacy. Whoa, <laughs> really? <laughs> that was the clue. Of course, Pandemic Legacy, you play different months as part of the campaign. Oh, and they God. released the original season as with red and blue colored boxes as the original oh, Pokemon my games. God were published. Oh
2: wow. Yeah, that part I did not pick up, up at all. But
0: see, this is, I mean, I love it's making me feel good about my tough clues. All
1: right. Yeah. Uh, no. I cannot wait to <laughs> trivia you. So so far, so far
0: Stephen is uh it's 3-0. I have two more one more game for each of you. So and right. and they get harder. <laughs> this is that, of course was, they that do. was the warm up. All right. So for Stephen, Mm-mm. This game might best be played at a certain time of day
2: i cannot think of a game huh i uh, just
0: kitchen rush great guess that is not that is not <laughs> the answer no it's not <laughs> that's all right that's all right clue number 2 if you were to enter into this game's setting, you might want to wear a jacket. You might.
2: Best at a time of day. You have to. should wear a jacket. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go back to what I heard before. Dead of winter.
0: Good guess. Good guess. And wrong. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I see where you're going with that. I see where you're going with that, though. I see where you're going with that. All right. You'll be mad at me later. Uh, <laughs> third, third, and final clue. Contrary to what some might think, uh, author Stephanie
2: Meyer has nothing to do with this title. No. I... Sadly, I do not know who Stephanie Meyer is. So, this um... one,
0: I will not provide context for. I will abstain from providing context. <laughs>
2: Um, I will just say, Snowtails. Oh man, that is not the answer.
0: This is this is your chance to. Even if you can't steal it, Will, this is your chance to catch up.
1: Get on. You the know, putting names of people in there is might as well just be <laughs> blank for me. Um, I'm gonna go with. Can you read the three clues again? Might
0: best be played at a certain time of day. Mm-hmm. If you were to enter into the game's setting, you might want to wear a jacket.
2: And some woman is an author. <laughs> and an author that you
0: don't know has nothing to do with it. <laughs> I'll say Can't she's get... an
2: author of a popular series of books. Yeah. It's a very obscure series of books that no one's ever heard of. That's why she, you put, put her in there. <laughs>
1: oh, God. Um, I'm trying to think of something where weather's involved. You're gonna, you're gonna ha- both hate me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, forget it, Robinson Crusoe.
0: Uh, you know what? Good guess. Um, in fact, this game was Twilight Struggle. So, Stephanie Meyer is the author of the Twilight series. Wow. wow. Twilight is a time of day, and the setting, of course, is the Cold War. So you might want to bring a jacket.
2: Wow. <laughs> oh. One two three, boo <laughs> boo. <laughs>
0: hey, this is the real deal. I told you it's going to get tough. Well, this is your chance to, to catch up. You can if you can get three points. So basically, so
1: I, I get one guess. Yes, three points one.
0: for three points for the tie. Is it clue? <laughs> and let me tell you, you're not going to get it. Here's your first clue. But You know what? Maybe you'll surprise me. Here's your first clue. While playing this game. You might want to enjoy a nice bowl of Caldo Verde or a plate of grilled sardines.
1: What in the world? Grilled sardines.
2: And what was the first thing you said? Caldo Verde? Caldo Verde. That's right. I don't know what that is, actually. It's a type of soup.
1: I'm guessing it has something to do with green. I <laughs> can guess that. Ah, oh, God. Um, so I'm guessing this has to do with the location. So it's probably something like Puerto Rico or something. That's not my guess yet. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) God, what? And something, it might be my guess though. Um, clock's ticking. Yeah, I'll just go with it. I'm probably not right. Go Puerto Rico. yeah.
0: Another good guess, but no, that is not that is not the answer. This is, this uh, is let's a...
1: see if at least I can get a point on the board. Yeah, let's see if you can get
0: on the board now. All right, clue number two. Playing for pride now. <laughs> the activity that players simulate in this game was first introduced to this country by a group that was not called the Moops, no matter what George Costanza says. Oh. <sighs> that one's oh, a, there's layers to that one. Oh um,
1: god i know the scene but that's all i know of. like i don't know remember i'll tell you it is not the game they're playing in that scene <laughs> i love how we get to put myself on my, my everyone gets to see my iq slowly dropping look i wouldn't get this is hard i would not so get I, this I,
2: uh, I know the reference i know the name that was George Costanza was going with there, but mm. I don't know the game, so I, <laughs> it doesn't really help.
0: Uh. Introduce a certain, you know, there's a certain country that you're looking for, and this is mm-hmm. an activity popularized in that country that this game simulates.
1: This game simulates. God,
2: I have a guess. But...
1: I don't even know. Like, I can't even think of a game that would have a title. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> that's all right. You want it? You... Santorini, New York. Good guess. Good guess. Good guess. But no, here's your final clue. Here's your final clue. <laughs> I'm so sorry about all this. This game's title, the title of this game, the actual letters, the word of this game, can be found inside the name of a particular metamorphic rock. Originally mined in Afghanistan, this rock can also be mined in the video game, Minecraft. Azul? It's Azul! Wow, very good. <laughs> There's your point. Of course, Caldo Verde and grilled sardines are delicacies in the country of Portugal, which is where Azul takes place, and the activity in question is the art of decorative tile laying. So the game is Azul. Three to one. Stephen, you have,
1: one-, <laughs> you have one name. falling down. You have one name the game. Well, I think you I
2: think you purposely made it easier on me with the teleporting I did in the beginning. give you. That was very nice Mars. of you. Let yes. the, let the guest win, right? That's nice of you. Right.
0: I did I yes, I I did give you a little bit of a boost there, but I think you earned it anyway in the end. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Guys. We have one segment left before we wrap up real quick. Uh, do you guys hear that? <laughs> gallery that's right it started all the meeples in our meeple gallery and this is the part of the show where we take a question from the listeners this week we have a question from hoser 40k he's a member of our patreon he actually sent in like two dozen questions um i'm wow. just on picking one of them <laughs> and we'll see if and when we can get to the rest of them um he asks i think it's an interesting question excluding social deduction games Do you find that most board games work best at the three player count, especially in co-op games? And he adds two usually feels too easy and four too long or difficult. So Stephen, do you you think there is a, do you think there is a player count that most board games work best at? And if so, is it three?
2: Short answer is no. Uh, I think that every board game works Best if it has a best, if it has a best, it works at its best. And while three, it would be a common best or at least a shared common best, um, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say that most is going to be three. And like a lot of the ways I like to play games is at the the highest player count, even though maybe you give up certain like strategicness. To a game, um, hmm. uh, you, you you give up certain things. I'm a social gamer in general. So I want to be playing with people. Uh, so to me, a lot a lot of times, I'm always like, oh, I would like to play this at the full five players, and I enjoy it that way. So my short answer is no. Though three is going to be a common one. I don't know that it's going to be the you know always or it's not going to be really. The thing for me, the short, my short answer is I
1: usually feel four. If I had to like think of the board games I have, four generally is the closer to the good game size. Like, if I have four people, I feel like that's when I'm least worried about will this game fit the table? Longer answer, obviously, depends on the game. You know, two player games not going to be good for three or four, but and sometimes it. really does think because like Catan, I really don't like that the five or six because each round of like, you want to build, 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 build. It just feels like so is the game. But other times like getting that max player count can just be a blast because <laughs> chaos just reigns. <laughs> Especially if it's something like uh Seven Wonders, for example, we were talking about earlier, you know, just everyone's drafting so many car. There are more cars in the pool, so you don't know what's going on. It, like, and you know, if you have the right people at the table. That said, if someone's new to a game, maybe lower the player count just so they have, there's less um weight between turns mm. because that could be a big turnoff for some people, especially if you have a very analysis paralysis game. Right.
0: Yeah. I think we have found, I don't know if four players is the best, but it certainly seems to be the most common. Like you will have probably the widest selection of games that work pretty well at this count. Sure number uh unless you're of course you know if you're looking at two player games obviously that's a separate category um uh, you know he mentioned specifically co-op games too and i think that is interesting a lot of co-op games are heavily affected by uh like like he said they can be too easy or too hard depending on uh, who's involved so it's definitely on a game by game basis but
2: i think not only game by game it's it's um it's like players uh the group mm-hmm. dynamic that's playing in that game will affect like you know if people have AP God knows you don't want to have them in big player count games and I I won't play with people with AP but you know some of my best friends do and I'm like dude I'm not playing euro games with you because you know <laughs> and, and you know four or five player euro games because you're gonna like sit there forever so it really is dependent I understand where he's going three is very often the right place to be but it's not like Sort of like, you know, always the best. Also,
1: uh, I completely forgot. Also important is, can you do things outside your turn? Because that also changes a huge dynamic. Because if you have three people, you only have to worry about two other players. When five or six are there, you're like, all right, who's going to do something in response to me playing this card? Because that brings Mm -hmm. a whole other element that you have to worry about. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for the question, Hoser. If you're listening and you want to send us a question, We'll read it on the show. You can email us. That's meeplegallery at gmail.com. And that's the end of our show, Stephen. I want to thank you so much for being so gracious with your time and for being such a fun guest and our first real official third party guest on the new role for Crypt podcast. It's, thank you. I couldn't have asked for better. Please tell us where can people follow you? I heard there's a, a couple of places where you do
2: other things. I a couple of places. Yeah. It's no longer at Stronghold Games, though still one of the greatest companies out there, Stronghold Indie Game Studio. So you can check them out, of course. But I don't officially work there, and I don't officially plug uh, them. But what I'm doing now is I'm simply part of board gaming media, the way you guys are, and that's kind of my thing, my give back um, to the community in in my retirement. I only do stuff that I love, and I, and including like your podcast, um, I and I and I only and I do not monetize anything I do. I don't want to. I just want to give back where I can and enjoy myself. When it's not fun, I'm not going to do it. So where do you people find me? Right now I'm on the Dice Tower's board game breakfast. I mentioned that. That's every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern. I co-host that with Z Garcia and my arch nemesis of gaming, Tom Vassell. I love Tom, (laughs) but he's a pain in my butt. Now, we have a great time, and and we really do. We do a game show like, like this as well as talk about the news and, uh, and then we have contributors. It's, it's very good. So check that out. 10 a.m. Thursday's live streaming on the Dice Towers um, uh, YouTube channel. Then my podcast, which is Board Games Insider, it's now been going on for about six or seven years. We're about to do, we're on episode 193, uh, going to be recorded this week. Uh, So coming up on our big 200th episode where we're doing a contest, if you go check that out, you can enter it to win some games. Download Board Games Insider wherever you like to get your podcasts. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash boardgamesinsider. And um, also on Facebook, like my page, the Podfather of Gaming. That's where I'm posting things that, um, that I'm doing. And also there's a group for group chats That we do, that we get into, and that would be a group associated with that, the Podfather of Gaming group. And on there, you can join us. I do a happy hour, and I've started this at the beginning of the pandemic, and I've done it every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern and every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern on Zoom, where we just get together for one hour and we chat, talk about what's on our, our minds. We keep everything positive. There's some comedy that goes on. There's some ongoing jokes that go on, like Bonacore's underwear. Long story. <laughs> but if you want to hear about this, come join us. Um, it is, you know, audio and video. You don't have to like talk a lot, but you can engage all of the, the people that, that come on. We get between 15 and 20 or so people that come on every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern. You can get the link um, at the Podfather of Gaming page on Facebook. My website, podfathergaming.com, Twitter and Instagram, at podfathergaming, and the YouTube channel, where I post some videos, including those happy hours, uh, and where I just did that unboxing video for the Battle of the Five Armies, Collector's edition. That's called the Podfather of Gaming. You can see there's a theme going on here. Thank (laughs) thank you guys so much for having me. This has been really a lot of fun. I... That's long. Two hours we were talking, huh? That's pretty cool. I know. Time flies.
0: That's the great thing about these podcasts. You know, you can just
2: uh, have it go out. on and on. <laughs> and uh, people will great.
0: things to listen to. Yes. Thank you again. It, it was great. And if anyone somehow missed one or two of those things, you just plug, we will have links in the show notes. So everyone else can make sure they find them. Appreciate. Um, it. Hopefully you can, uh, you know, n- just nudge Ignasi for us and tell him, He's, he's next. We're going to have him on as well at some point as a guest.
2: He's a ham. He'll do it. You just got <laughs> you're going to have to record in the morning though because he's six mm, hours apart. But right, yeah, yeah, he'll do it with you. Oh, it, that, it's more than worth it. We can <laughs> he's make a that great happen. guy. He really is. I mean, we have a really good time. Uh, yeah, he's very stoic, very Polish stoic. But I keep cracking him up with various things that we do on Board Games Insider, and it's uh, it's a good it's a good time uh, being with him. And this was a great time being with you guys.
0: So glad to hear you say that. For people listening, if you want more roll for crit of course, you can find it. Go to roll You'll see links to all our, our YouTube content, uh, our live streaming stuff like Arkham Horror. I'm streaming Resident Evil uh, right now. We've got a Patreon page where if you want more bonus episodes, audio goodness, you can find those at Patreon.com slash roll crit all kinds of stuff for you to take a look at. We do monetize our content. We have no shame whatsoever. <laughs> no, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, of course not. Uh, but <laughs> but we are so happy that you joined us. And it's been a lot of fun. And that's going to do it for this episode of Roll for Crit. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I'm Jonathan. I'm Will. And that's it. Bye, everybody. Bye.